Coming up on Stu Does America, every parent knows that our kids will have to deal with facets of the world that we're not comfortable with, maybe even, I don't know, terrified of. That's why it's extra disturbing what they're doing to our children in schools right now. Glenn Beck will explain and preview his new special, Brainwashed, the radical sex agenda corrupting your kid. And you're not going to believe what the media is allowing Kamala Harris to get away with again. Grab your board and surf the intrawebs over to YouTube. Uh, go to YouTube, search for Stu. I'll be the first one there. If you subscribe to our channel and like all of our videos, it's a huge help for us to stay on the air. Click the bell for notifications and this video, you should just click like. Do it right now before you forget or I say something that pisses you off. Uh, also, if you like listening to my conservative commentary without maybe looking at my fat face, then our podcast is the place for you. Be sure to rate us five stars and leave a glowing review on iTunes, even if it's something simple like, eh, it's great, whatever. But we like to read them at the end of the show. And don't forget, Glenn Beck, uh, his special that I just mentioned, you can watch it on Blaze TV with your subscription. Go to blazetv.com slash stew. Be sure to use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll save 10 bucks. Lord knows if we're ever going to have a real in-person Olympics ever, ever again. So today, let's do the second edition of the Cancel Culture Olympics. Stu does America. As our world continues to get dumber and dumber, it's important that we take a moment to pause and reflect on all the incredibly inane nonsense that exists in our world. It seems like we are bending the rules of logic to an unthinkable extreme. So, my friends and allies, I'd like to welcome you to the Games of the Second Cancel Culture Olympiad, where we award achievement medals in the world of ridiculous cancellation. These people have had their lives ruined and destroyed for completely innocuous acts, which no rational person could possibly perceive as problematic. What do they get in return? <laughs> My friends, nothing. Absolutely freaking nothing. Sometimes these people are undeserving victims of a vicious inane mob. Sometimes they're just pathetic pushovers that, and their apologies just warm your hearts, but at the same time kind of destroying your soul. But all of them have been a participant in the downfall of our society in one way or the other. So let's honor their achievements today. Oh yes, thank you very much. Thank you, no one's clapping except me. Our bronze medal event takes place in the midst of a hostage crisis at a middle school that soon evolved into a near mass casualty event. The location, Colorado Springs, Colorado, Widefield District Number 3, Grand Mountain Grade School. The class, art. The kid, Isaiah Elliott, a violent white student who used his whiteness to intimidate other classmates and teachers alike. The school was participating in virtual learning on Zoom, and Isaiah brandished a firearm and was poised to commit mass slaughter of his fellow students. Now, some have pointed out that it couldn't have turned into violence since, you know, they were all on Zoom. But my understanding is that if you fire a gun at your computer while on Zoom, it will come out the other side and kill everyone watching. It's called science, people. I'll say this. I would prefer being shot than to ever have to sit through another Zoom call in my life. Others have pointed out that Isaiah didn't actually wave the gun around or even point it at the screen for a second. He simply moved it out of view like he was asked to by the teacher. And still others have noted that the gun wasn't a gun. It was a zombie hunter gun that was 
bright green with an orange thing on the end signifies it's fake. But it's not the color of the gun that matters. It's the color of the student's skin that matters. White! Anyway, thankfully, someone called the police on this white kid as they were able to valiantly wrestle the gun away. Here's what the white kid said about the incident. Super scared. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if going to bust down the door. If you're listening to the audio podcast, you should know Isaiah is a very dark-skinned white person. Dark enough that even his own father thinks he's an African-American. When asked about the police coming over, he said, quote, it was really frightening for me as a parent, especially as the parent of an African-American young man, especially with what's going on in our country right now. For those of you who have been living under a rock, what's going on in our country right now is that African-Americans are being killed by police at historically low levels. So congratulations to a young Isaiah, someone who did nothing wrong but was canceled from school for five days. You're the winner of the bronze medal in the second Cancel Culture Olympics. And an additional congratulations to everyone else for making it about race, despite the same stupid types of things happening to white kids in their Zoom classes. But let's ignore that one. Our silver medal goes to a brave news network. Yes, you know CNN for its completely accurate reporting and totally unbiased coverage of President Trump. But what you might forget is how many times it has saved you from consuming vicious and violent imagery. For example, you might have seen this photo used in a recent special about Joe Biden, where he was correctly introduced to America as its Lord and personal savior. Think of the service being done here by CNN. It's a tough time. People are short on money. They might want to donate to the Biden campaign so that they could provide glowing propaganda, but they might be short on cash and unable to do it. Luckily, CNN is there to produce the propaganda for them, saving Americans money. Thank you, CNN. But what if this moment between Biden and his son was ruined because the youthful Biden was wearing a hat with a Nazi symbol or a cake? <laughs> Sorry, the visual there is, is getting to me. Or a Nazi symbol or a, <laughs> or a KKK logo. That would ruin the moment, wouldn't it? Just like it is right now. And send viewers into shock. Well, that's basically what happened here. You see, the actual picture of Biden and his son reveals that the younger Biden was wearing the racist hat of the Washington Redskins, much worse than any Nazi swastika. So what could CNN do? I mean, they could have aired the photo as is, but that would be siding with the racist Redskins when up to 10 percent of Native Americans have said they didn't like the logo. They could have found another picture with Biden hugging his kid without a Redskins hat. And honestly, there's plenty of those. One of the big complaints about Joe Biden is that maybe he loves his kids a little too much. He's always happening to influence companies and foreign governments to shovel cash in their faces. And also, he loves some other kids a little too much, too. But that's kind of a story for another day. But no, no, no. The news network of CNN actually photoshopped the logo of the Redskins out of the picture, making it appear as if we just just he's just wearing some random burgundy and gold hat. So congratulations to the young son of Joe Biden, 
Your love of the Redskins shows your true hatred for all that are different, and therefore you are canceled, the Redskins are canceled, and any remaining hope of CNN returning to actual news is canceled too. And finally, the gold medal goes to John Focke. For 30 years, he dreamed of becoming an NBA broadcaster. And after many years as a WNBA broadcaster, he got his chance. I say it that way because obviously the WNBA, you know, that job would not qualify as his dream considering it's barely a league. Focke got a radio job for the Charlotte Hornets, who frankly, I'm not sure qualify as an NBA team either. But he was happy about it. One day while sitting at a kitchen table watching another NBA game, he attempted to tweet an innocuous observation about the Jazz Nuggets game. The tweet was, shot making in this Jazz Nuggets game is awesome. Murray and Mitchell going back and forth. What a game. So what's the problem? Well, more like who is the problem? I'll tell you who. Christopher Latham Scholes. That's who. That's the guy who invented the QWERTY arrangement of keys on the computer and who stupidly put the U next to the I and the T next to the R. If you replace the U in nuggets with an I and the T in nuggets with an R, you got the N-word. Focke immediately deleted the tweet and apologized for his mistake. He just didn't reread it. But truly horrible people who should all be excommunicated from society forever took screenshots before he could delete it. This led to an immediate suspension and a pending investigation. Now, some people say that a phone wouldn't autocorrect him into the N-word, and that's true. But that's not what he said happened. He just hit a couple of wrong keys, and because the names were capitalized and hyphenated, the phone wouldn't autocorrect you out of it. Some people still wouldn't believe his explanation, but remember, this wasn't a private message where he was you know, expressing some long-hidden racist viewpoint and was caught. This was intended to go public, and the tweet makes absolutely no sense if he actually meant to type the N-word. And if he meant to type it, why would he immediately delete it? It's completely impossible to believe that he would have done this intentionally. But maybe he had lots of hidden racism in his life, eh? Well, the Hornets tried to find it, investigating him for two weeks. But mercifully, at the end of it all, they couldn't find anything. So, of course, they fired him anyway. Unbelievable. Now, look, if you are typing in the nuclear codes, maybe you get fired for a typo. But this was a tweet. They've destroyed this guy's livelihood for nothing. Everyone knows he isn't a racist. Everyone he was even defended by the coaches of the Minnesota Lynx, his old WNBA team, one of which is black. The people writing stories about it asked communications experts and even analysts who, quite frankly, made their living off of inflamed racism in sports. And even they said he shouldn't lose his job. But he's still gone. For what? Whose life was made better here? What racism was solved? There are three things to learn from all of this. Number one, never go on Twitter for any reason ever. Number two, never, ever, 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 ever type the word nuggets ever. Holy crap. Do you see how close those letters are? I mean, I got fat fingers. I'd say I can't believe this hasn't happened before, but it has happened before. Another broadcaster did the same thing by mistake. Luckily, his radio station was less ridiculous about it and didn't fire him. And finally, number three. While John Focke lost his job, at least he can take pride 
in his participation in the utter downfall and dissolution of the greatest country on earth. Congratulations, John Focke. You've won the gold medal in the second edition of the Cancel Culture Olympics. What an insane freaking time. Let me give you something you can actually depend on. Black Rifle Coffee Company. You know how I know you can depend on them? Because every single month, Black Rifle Coffee delivers a delicious roast uh, of our choice to our home. They have uh, light, medium, dark, all sourced from around the world through a rigorous process and roasted in the U.S. at the Black Rifle Coffee Company facilities in Tennessee and Utah. The best way to enjoy Black Rifle Coffee Company is what the way that we have it at our house. The Black Rifle Coffee Club. It's a subscription product where your chosen coffee is roasted, packaged and shipped free to your door on schedule. You'll always have coffee. You don't have to worry about it. It's always there on time. You'll also receive special discounted pricing and gain access to exclusive products, members-only content, partner discounts, and more. They've got great apparel. They've got outdoor gear. This is a great company because they're just cool. They're cool guys. They put together a great company. They have the best coffee. They have cool gear as well. Purchase your coffee at blackriflecoffee.com slash stew. When you're there, be sure to use the promo code stew. Why? Because that's how they know you like this stupid show. And you'll get 20% off your first purchase. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com slash stew. Use the promo code stew for 20% off at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash stew. Joined now by the incomparable Glenn Beck. His brand new special premieres directly after this program at 9 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, it's called Brainwashed, the radical sex agenda corrupting your kid. Glenn, thanks for coming in. Thank you. It's uh, this one is really disturbing. Yes. Um, we're not going to show the videos. It's actually, gosh, what was it called? The graphics are called educational art, and so it can only be shown in uh, academic settings, uh, schools, or museums. Any other use of that, it could be classified as porn. But it's actually classified now, so we can get it into our schools, as academic art. And so we're clear here, you're not going to be actually showing it. No, I'm not going to show You don't want to see it. We've seen it. You don't want to see it. Right. You're going to blur it out. But you're going to get the sense of as to what they're showing our kids, which we have to know. We can't close our eyes to it. I'll I'll show you from a classroom, from a classroom, uh, tips on what your, was it fifth grader, I think, fifth grader should be doing in covid because they don't have a lot of activity. The number one suggestion is watch porn. You're telling my fifth grader to watch porn? Also to sext. Uh, what? Let's go. I don't want to skip ahead. Okay. Part of the thing I think that is a challenge with something like this is you, there's two sides of it. One, if, if, if it's not widespread enough, it's easy to sort of dismiss as, all right, there's one crazy... One crazy program, one crazy school, one crazy. If it's too widespread, which is kind of what you're talking about tonight, it almost feels like an insurmountable problem. Like, what am I supposed to do about it? There's nothing I can do. It's already too far. So I was out at my ranch last weekend, and we had to cut the calves. And do you know what that means? You go up. Okay, it's when when cowboys go out, and they run the herd, Mm -hmm. and then you take the calves away from the mamas, okay? And you you cut them. Sounds very sad. It is kind of sad. It is kind of sad. Um, uh, But I did that. Now, 
rounding up a bunch of cattle, and there's only six of us, okay? 100 head of cattle. I mean, it was just like the movies with the smoke going and the, you heard the hoof beats. It was really kind of amazing to watch or to be a part of. And so I'm in a rhino. Everybody else is on a horse, but I'm on a rhino. And, and I realize as one of the cows turn around and just look, stop dead in their tracks and just look at me, I stopped and I immediately realized that cow, if that cow could communicate to 10 other cows, they'd kill me. But they're just going along because we're going, yeah, yeah, we're spooking them. And they don't know what to do. And so they just all gather together and run. And we keep going into places to make sure that they're running and where they run. We're setting up the trap right. to get them to run exactly where we want them to run. You're essentially okay. setting up the choice structure. Exactly yeah. right. All I could think of, everything I, you ever need to learn, you can learn on a farm or a ranch. I'm convinced of it. As I'm watching this, I'm like, this is people. This is us. We're cattle. We're sheep. Because people are walking around us going, yeah, yeah, we are moving together and we're just running because we're afraid. It's not overwhelming. If 10 of the cattle decide there's only six of them, mm. there's six of them, we outnumber them. Okay? There are far more of us than them. You just have to stop and look them in the eye and say, we ain't going there. Is this what's important about kind of the president coming out and, and going after critical race theory? And yes, I mean, he's drawing attention to it, clearly. Yeah, we found out today. And see, this is the one thing that if you're watching the show and you're a subscriber to Blaze, then you you probably have already figured this out. But every Wednesday... I am putting together another piece. I'm leading to a show on revolution, okay? Because I think this country, we have a good shot of being in rev revolution by, I think, early next year. Mm -hmm. um, and it, everything is tied. These are not separate. What you're going to see tonight started over in Germany. It's part of Agenda 2030. Uh, it went to Africa. It's in Europe. It then came to California. It's all over the world. The WHO is involved. Uh, the World Economic Forum is involved. The UN is involved. And it's all part of something called the Great Reset. It is, honestly, when you see the whole thing, you realize this has been going on for 20 years and they've just been hurting us. And you've got to say no because the pen is right in front of us. It's interesting because you've been talking about for a very long time about the idea that there are these plans out there that you've discussed that are related to this, um, that people were waiting for that moment to just go, 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 go. Yep. Now's the time. Now's the time. Yep. Is this is COVID part of this? Is it COVID is it was election? The, is it? I think COVID was the trigger. The biggest trigger yeah, there. I think because it was the biggest trigger. It's also the separation and sort of, uh, yeah. you know, you everyone at each other's make throats. make people compliant, mm -hmm. afraid, and looking to the government for help. Okay? So everybody's afraid to, I mean, I think people will be afraid to go out to vote. Mm -hmm. Then you add another fear. You add the fear of BLM on the streets. 
Um, and then you make BLM into a hero party when they are actually on their own website saying we're going to dismantle the family. We're going to dismantle the whole system. You have critical race theory. We showed you a document dump from the uh, Department of Education that the deep state was was being funded by the Department of Education where they were turning government um, workers against the government. And they've been doing it since 2004. It's it's everywhere. And until you start realizing that it's done by a very few people and we outnumber them, you're going to you're going to end up in the pen and it's coming fast. You said revolution by the by the end of the year. No, I think I mean, not not by the end of the year, but possibly possibly around that time. Possibly. Is that because of the election? Yes. Okay. Post-election. Because you keep saying this is the biggest election ever. And we've been doing this show together for a million years. That's something we've always mocked. Everyone says this This is is always the biggest year. You think this is really it? This is it. Why? Um, Because I think they uh, are changing the the election. They're changing the way we're counting votes. And there's no reason that we're doing mail-in votes this time. There's no reason. They are intentionally creating chaos. Especially on that mass scale. I mean, we've always had absentee. That's, yeah, that's, that's another thing. If you this feel is, worried about it, request the ballot. This is states just flooding the system with, uh, with votes. It's going to take probably a couple of months. People are prepared to know who won the presidency. That night. That night. That's the way we've always done it. I mean, up until the 1800s. Now they've changed it on the most critical election of all time. You're, no matter who wins, unless it's a blowout, no matter who wins, you are going to have people saying, I don't believe it. I don't believe the count for him, or I don't believe the count for him. Yeah, I don't think there's Either any, way. They're going to not believe it no matter. And, you know, they're going to be millions of votes that are going to be tossed out yep. if, if this if gets widespread yep. enough. Um, you always talk about how your, uh, your role is to warn people. So tonight you've got this special. That's kind of what you're doing, right? You're warning people this is actually going on. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that people can do? I know I'm, yeah. I'm telling you to now not just warn people and try to solve it, but how do you do yeah, that? Yeah, I have to fight my instinct to not rally the troops myself because that's not my job. Um, um, and, and I will get pulled off track if I start to think that's my job. Um, but I'm trying to support people like uh, Four Kids in Country. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a website, Four Kids, not the number four, but the word Four Kids and Country uh, org. It is a woman who used to be a teacher. She's fought the teachers' unions in California all the way to the Supreme Court. She actually changed the law because of what she has done. Um, and she is putting together um, a group of people that can stand in lockstep. Because if we go to our, our schools and try to fa- face the teachers' unions alone, we'll lose. We'll be crackpots, but we've already seen, Stu, what happens when enough Americans stand up against something like Common Core. Yeah. We stopped it. This is the same thing repackaged. In different ways, not what you're going to see tonight. This is entirely new. But what's happening is it's the same groups of people that are just repackaging and putting it in. And the one that really needs to be stopped is the teachers union. They are a cancer for our kids. And I I started the show today with a passionate monologue this morning at 7 a.m. of of um, I have worried about. Losing my country. 
but this is about losing our kids. And I don't think people really understand. Your kids are going to be turned against you just like they were in Stalin's Russia, Hitler's Germany. This is the beginning of turning your kids against everything, including you. All right, let me, let me ask you one more as, as it relates to the country. You know, we started doing the show a million years ago now. I mean, it was 19 years ago this week. We were on the phone prepping a show and on a Tuesday morning and, and 9-11 happened. So looking at the, the United States from 9-11 to today, what's that story arc? Uh, I think the story arc when truth is allowed to reestablish itself. Um, and like the Soviet Union, that could be 90 years, and then it only reestablish itself for a little while. But when the truth be told, um, this storyline is going to be about how a very small group, a handful of people who were very well financed, um, uh, laid in wait watching and waiting and drawing their plans against us and how a very small group of people duped the whole world and crushed man's freedom. Is there a happy ending at some point in the story? If people stand up. Yeah. If people, if you were not a cow, don't be sheep, don't be a cow. You are a lion. Americans would roar for liberty They knew Hitler, Stalin, they knew if America got serious, they're done. Where are those Americans? Where are they? You know, we started the 912 project. A lot of people are like, well, you know, now I'm 60. Now I'm 70. Well, did you teach your children and your grandchildren? Because where are they? We have to stand up to save our children in hopes that our children will save us. I don't think I have to sell you on this special tonight. I mean... It's going to be a good one. Make sure you see it. It's really important. Tell all of your friends. Yeah, please do. Brainwashed, the radical sex agenda corrupting your kid. Airing at 9 p.m. Eastern right here on Blaze TV. Make sure you have a subscription to Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash stew. Use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you'll get access to this really important special and save 10 bucks. All included. Uh, Glenn, thanks for running the program. Thank you. All right. Back in a second. If you're a fan of Seinfeld, you remember George Costanza's dad uh, sitting in the back of the cab, uh, very upset. And him, every time he kind of hit that wall where he just, he was in real trouble, he'd yell out, serenity now! And we sort of modified that for Joe Biden. His is kind of more like senility now. Senility now! You can actually get these t-shirts, uh... People are going to love these. When people see you in this particular T-shirt, now it doesn't move like this particular graphic, but when people see you in this T-shirt, they're going to, I think, have a brand new respect for you. Uh, And you'll be able to kind of show them who's boss. Um, So let me give you a new moment that we have. We could feature these every single day. The senility now moment of the day from Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. And what makes his wild claims and hopes, he now hopes we don't notice what he said. Or won't remember. Hmm? And when he does follow through. Right. Or doesn't do. Or doesn't do. When follow through when the exact opposite. When follow through the exact. Okay. That may have been a little difficult for you to understand. So let me give it to you uh, straight. 
and what makes his wild claims and hopes, he now hopes we don't notice what he said or won't remember. And when he does follow through or doesn't do, when follow through, the exact opposite. I think that was pretty clear. And if you couldn't understand that, you ain't black. Um, so here is, uh, you can get the, by the way, stewdoesmerch.com. Stewdoesmerch.com to get this fabulous t-shirt. Senility now. Uh, let me give you a little state of the race here. Politico kind of put together a piece. Uh, it's entitled The Eight States Where 2020 Will Be Won or Lost, a Politico Deep Dive. They did go into this. Uh, represents about 127 electoral votes. And hard to imagine after hearing, again, this quote, and what makes his wild claims and hopes he now hopes we don't notice what he said or don't remember uh, and when he does follow through or doesn't do when follow through the exact opposite. So even says at the bottom, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Um, it's hard to believe these polls because you just can't believe, put that guy in the White House. Really? But look, it's it's uh, still an uphill battle a little bit for Donald Trump. He's got plenty of time to close the gap, but we're getting close. We're only a few weeks away from that first debate. Let me give you um, the states, the eight states that they have as the difference makers. And I'll give them to you in order of, oh, okay, that's pretty good news, to that's freaking me out, okay? If you're a Trump fan, I'm giving it to you in that package here. First off is Georgia. They have Georgia at, um, uh, now, uh, in 2016, Trump won it by five. Uh, the recent poll has Trump up two. Look, Georgia's one of those states you don't have to worry about if you, are, if you don't live there. Why? Because if Donald Trump loses Georgia, he has no chance of winning the election. He's currently winning it. Uh, And if he loses Georgia, we are in an environment. It's similar to Texas. There's no reason to worry about Texas if you're a Republican. You know, you know, you got to do your thing if you if you want to go out there and, and, you know, volunteer or whatever if you're in Texas. But like from an outsider perspective, if Donald Trump loses Texas, it's over. Like it's over. If he wins by one point, it's over. He has to win Texas handily uh, for for him to win the presidency. And I think he will do that. I think he'll do that by at least mid single digits. I expect a similar outcome in Georgia, maybe a little closer, but I'm not too worried about Georgia. Next up, uh, North Carolina. Now, North Carolina was uh, a four point win for Donald Trump in 2016. They have him down by one point. He ran behind Hillary Clinton uh, for a good chunk of the time, even leading up He underperformed in North Carolina compared to other states uh, in leading up to the election and wound up winning there. Again, North Carolina is probably a state he needs to have, uh, not maybe mathematically, but if it's an indication of the environment of the election, I would say uh, it probably does need to have it. Very, very close now. I I still think Trump will probably win uh, North Carolina, barring any major change. We still have a long way to go. Um, Pennsylvania is the next up. I think Trump's Polling in Pennsylvania is actually pretty good. Uh, now, the recent poll they have highlighted here is uh, plus five. There's been the polling's been a little bit over, all over the board. There was one that just the other day that came out had it even closer than this. Uh, a poll that came out today had it at like eight or nine. Um, Pennsylvania is a state that I remember going into 2016 thinking Republicans always say they're going to win Pennsylvania. They never win Pennsylvania. Well, Trump did. He won it by a point. Uh, it was one of the probably the biggest turning point. When you, when you saw he won Pennsylvania, I remember thinking, if he's this competitive here, he's got a chance to win some of these other states, too. He may very well pull this thing off. Uh, he did pull it off, of course. Uh, it's not a great story in Pennsylvania, but I wouldn't say it's worrisome yet. Uh, next up is Minnesota. Now, Minnesota is one that uh, apparently obs- Donald Trump's obsessed with. 
Donald Trump wants Minnesota badly. Now, he lost it in 2016, but it was super close. Uh, it was a point and a half, I think, maybe, um, in 2016. It was only a few, it was like maybe 40,000 votes or something. It was pretty close. Um, and Trump lost uh, that election. He's been putting resources into Minnesota, trying to win it. He feels like that's the one state he could have won. I think he even said at one point, one more speech. One more speech in Minnesota, I would have won that one. He wants it badly. It's a sign of expansion for Trump if he can get it. The fact that he's down by five points in Minnesota, I actually think is relatively good news for his reelection. If he can narrow that just a little bit, maybe win a a debate or two, uh, he's going to be in in good position because he doesn't need to win Minnesota uh, to win the presidency. Wisconsin is next. Now, Wisconsin, he won in 2016 by one point. I was very surprised by Wisconsin. Um, In fact, it was probably the state that surprised me most in 2016. Pennsylvania sort of set the the, the, the table for me. It made me think, wow, he might pull this off. When he won Wisconsin, I I mean, it was over. Uh, It was over. Really, Pennsylvania sealed it, but Wisconsin put it over the edge. Uh, He doesn't need to win Wisconsin again, though. Um, Wisconsin is... um, it's an important state. I think it's one he'd like to have. It shows his Midwest strength. He can't lose all of these states in the Midwest, but he can afford to lose one or two of them. He can afford to lose um, a Minnesota and a Wisconsin, and it's not that big of a deal. He's, he could still win a re-election. He's down by six there. I don't think that's the end of the world, but uh, he, it, it would be a state he would lose. Michigan is the same story. Michigan was incredibly close in 2016, and uh, he's down by seven there in the latest polls. Michigan seems like one that's drifting away a little bit from the campaign. Again, you can afford to lose one of these states. You can afford to lose maybe two. You can't afford to lose them all. And if he starts losing all these Midwestern states, I mean, it's going to be over. And the guy who gave you that quote, the quote about uh, and when he does follow through or doesn't do when follow through the exact opposite, that guy's going to be president. <clears throat> wow. Uh, OK, now to the, down to the final two uh, I have of, of the eight. These are the two most worrisome for the Trump campaign. These are states they pretty much need to have. I would say this first one is an absolute must-have for the Trump campaign. It is Florida. Now, Florida, of course, going back to 2000, is the traditional sort of swing state. It was sort of replaced by Ohio for a time, but Ohio has swung back more uh, red in the past couple of elections. Uh, Florida is a state that Trump is sort of well-designed for. It's an older voting um, uh, populace. Uh, a lot of New Yorkers down there, people who are familiar with Trump from before. He seemed to connect with people in Florida really well. And this state looked a lot worse about two or three weeks ago. And we talked about this at the time. When states have big COVID flare-ups, Trump's polls tend to fall off in those states. He had made, This is when he was polling his worst in Texas. He was down by seven or eight in Florida. And now that that has kind of come back in Florida, the the spike of covid has kind of gone away. I mean, not gone away completely, but it started to turn back uh, and seemingly is more under control. The polling has come back into Trump's favor a little bit. The the last poll they feature here is him down three. Um, I will say uh, that it's a must win for him. Uh, It is a state that has even had positive outcomes since with, uh, you know, governor and senator. Uh, Kind of against the grain, people kind of thought that the Republicans were going to lose those elections. Uh, The one worry you have here is that, and this is where Trump, you've heard Trump say this specifically. When he's talking about mail-in voting, he said, but you know what? Florida's okay. Florida's okay. They're doing a good job. they got a great governor. Florida knows how to do this. Florida's okay. You don't want to tell 
your 80 year old voters who are terrified of COVID-19 that they can't go, that they shouldn't uh, vote via mail. You want them voting by the mail because a lot of them are not going to make it out. Their kids are going to tell them not to go out. Uh, Don't worry about it. Stay home, mom. Uh, Stay home, dad. So this is one of those things where you want mail-in voting in Florida in a big way. You need a big showing from Republicans um, in mail-in voting if he's going to win that state. So that is one of the things Donald Trump has paid particular attention to, and that's why he's doing it. It's a big factor. And I will say the most problematic state right now, Florida scared me a lot a couple weeks ago. My biggest worry right now, uh, if you're a Trump fan, it's got to be Arizona. Arizona is, is weird. It's a bit of an outlier in this narrative I've just given you about covid when coronavirus uh, flared up in uh, Arizona, the polling went against Trump. The odd thing is it has not come back uh, since the COVID thing has faded away. You've also seen this in the Senate races there where Republicans are getting destroyed in Arizona. Um, this is it's got to worry you at this point. Now, this is a state that's supposed to be safe. Red Arizona is one of these states. I mean, it's purple, but it's it leans to the to the red side of things. Hillary Clinton wanted to expand and go into Arizona and try to pick it off. Terrible strategy because she just needed to protect, you know, places like Wisconsin and Michigan. Uh, She tried to go into Arizona, wound up losing that by four points. Well, we got a nine point swing uh, to where the polls are now. Again, if you're just joining the show, it's the first time you heard me talk about uh, this in a while. Polling is not evil. Polling was largely right in 2016. Um, there was a couple states that were off and they think they've figured out exactly why they were off, um, which I think is oversimplifying it a little bit. But again, you know, the national polls were pretty much right on the money in 2016. Um, so we don't throw that stuff out on this show. We take it with a grain of salt, however, especially in a covid year and a year where we've got a, a pandemic and no one's been following politics. You don't look at the historical uh, comps and say, okay, this is what's going to happen because this is what it looks like right now. I don't think that's fair. I think it's smarter to look at this and say, okay, people are just diving into this. That being said, Trump still needs to improve his position. And he could start that, I would say, most crucially in Arizona and Florida. Uh, and then if he can c- continue to improve in Pennsylvania, he's going to have a clear path uh, to winning re-election. We'll continue to watch all the polls as they come in and just assault you with numbers every day. Until November 3rd. That's our promise from, from, from Stu Does America to you. It's the Stu Does America guarantee. Back in a second. Let's say you're a Democrat and you're looking to move to Arizona to vote five or six times. Uh, you want to make sure you get a good real estate agent because you don't want to vote. You know, I mean, look, you're probably doing this in multiple states. You're going to need multiple good real estate agents. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. To get them now, they're probably going to reject you when they find out you're some Democratic operative. Um, but actually, I think they pretty much will take take you as long as you're a good person. Um, but I guess if you're going to vote five or six times, maybe you're not a good person. Forget this analogy. If you're a good person, you're watching the show. That's how I know you're a good person because only good people watch this show. Not necessarily host it, but watch it. Realestateagentsitrust.com is a company that Glenn started. Uh, he did this for a reason because he was sick of trying to figure out who is a good real estate agent. I, I know. I've sold houses and bought houses, and you always wonder, did I get the best deal? Could I have had more money if I kept it on the market or put it at a higher price? You don't want to have to second-guess yourself. You want to have a good agent that's there for you from the start. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all, realestateagentsitrust.com. Get more information at realestateagentsitrust.com. Everything is racist. Every thought you have. 
It's true. Everything is apparently racist, including this has gone viral. It's called uh, Why White People Owning Dogs is Racist. <laughs> it says basically, if, and if you listen to my review, uh, interview with uh, Matt Ridley, I can't remember if we got into this or not, but it's in his book for sure, How Dogs Became Domesticated Animals. And it was about how people basically like made friends with the friendly wolves. And over time, they mated with all the friendly wolves, mated with each other. This is, I'm butchering his book. Uh, and uh, and then there's this, you know, just these lovemaking sessions between really friendly dogs. And then a couple generations go by and we have dogs. I, that's pretty much what the book says. I mean, you have to go read it. Matt Ridley, How Innovation Works. Um, this story, however, is, is, is going viral. And, uh, you know, my wife pointed it out. And I was looking at it. It just seems a little too good to be true to me. So I'm going to make a, a, a little call here on Studios America, a ruling. Why white people owning dogs is racist. I don't think it's a real article. I think it's a parody. I think it's a, uh, what's the guy, um, Tatiana McGrath? I think it's one of those type of things. Now, I did a little investigation here. It's a brand new organization. A Twitter account started a few weeks ago, like 150 followers for this organization that wrote this article. At the bottom, there's a link and it says something to the effect of like, powered by journalism. When you click on that, it goes to another site that seems sort of fakish and their press contact is an ice cream shop in Pennsylvania. So I don't know, I could be wrong, maybe it's real. I would not be surprised that, the earning, that owning dogs is racist, because everything is racist, but I just feel like this one may actually be fake. And wouldn't it be nice if one of these turned out that way? Because usually the case is everything is racist. Everything is racist. Every thought you have is a KKK dream. Everything is racist. I will say there's one thing here that uh, this is amazing. Uh, Tim Poole pointed this out. Um, they had this uh, situation where they came up with a person of uh, color, uh, like dining hall. It's a cafe for people of color. And we've seen this all over the place. Well, they wanted to make sure that I think they were trying to balance that. So they did something a little odd. They created a basically a whites only cafe. Uh, the non-POC cafe is a space for students that do not identify as persons of color to gather and discuss their experience as students on campus and as non-POC in the world. Feel free to drop in and discuss your experiences as non-persons of color and hopefully brainstorm solutions to common issues within the non-POC community. Well, the non-POC community is just white people, right? So basically, they created a whites-only cafe, which is a perfect ending to this, because this is racism. This whole woke thing is nothing but racism. It's just collectivism and racism, and it has been from the start. So I'm glad to finally see uh, this kind of come together in this way. Whites-only cafe! They have now, uh, by the way, as Tim pointed out, they've removed their page about the whites-only cafe when, you know, they realized what they had done. Amazing. Back in a second. All right, we'll love your reviews on iTunes. Send them in. Five freaking stars. I wanted to tell you that Greg from Nebraska has given you five freaking stars. Oh, and I love your show, too. Good job. Thank you. Five freaking stars. Uh, this is what a strict diet of vegetables gets you. Meh. Five stars. Well, it's five freaking stars. I'll take it. Needs more stars. Episode 131, Daniel Horowitz utters the greatest three words in Blaze Media history. Crush the rebellion. Ten freaking stars. Well, really, you can go up to five freaking stars only. And Stu made me do it. 
Ah, I love the stupid show so much. I would call it chewing the fat because, you know, it's great. Whatever. Five freaking stars. Thank you so much. Go on iTunes, review the show, help us spread the word. We'll see you tomorrow. Andrew Cuomo is awful.